Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Analytics Show, the podcast that helps you get better at marketing analytics. This podcast is brought to you by Supermetrics. Over half a million marketers use Supermetrics to move data from popular marketing platforms such as Facebook, Google Analytics, and HubSpot to their favorite analytics, reporting, and data warehouse tools, including Google Sheets, Excel, Google Data Studio, Google BigQuery, and more. Give Supermetrics a spin and search a 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. I'm your host, Anna Shutko, and today our guest star is JJ Reynolds, Head of Marketing and Analytics at Media Authentic. In this episode, you'll learn what kind of metrics marketers should pay attention to while measuring an online marketing campaign, what you should take into consideration before calculating CAC and LTV, and how to structure a campaign performance report so that it's easy to follow and take action. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hello, JJ, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to have you today, and I know you are a power user of Supermetrics. You are a fantastic marketer analyst, and you basically change many hats at once. And uh, we're going to talk about marketers designing campaigns for B2B SaaS, and more specifically, the measurement for these campaigns. So my first question to you is, what should marketers start when they are designing a campaign for B2B SaaS? So are there any specific things they should take into consideration when designing a campaign for this specific type of a product? Yeah, um, I, I'd say like first take a step back and say, what is the expectation of uh, what you're trying to accomplish? Uh, that's the first, the first like strategy aspect is the, the for any data pipeline measurement, any type of things is the first piece is the strategy of what is it that you're trying to accomplish. Um, so for example, uh, a smaller B2B, um, like if you're st first just in the startup phase or maybe um, you're just looking for a few leads here and there, you might have a goal of let's just say 10, um, 10 leads or 10, 10 new customers a month. Whereas a larger company might be like we're hundreds, thousands, whatever it might be. So I'd say first thing is what's your expectation of your campaign and then work backwards off of that. So uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest fault I see a lot of people uh, do, especially when it comes to measuring what they're trying to accomplish, is they'll start with the action and then say what happened. <laughs> um, so they'll have, they'll have something along the lines of saying, um, let, let's, we're going to do cold email outreach or we're going we're gonna to start uh, an SEO uh, campaign for this specific target. Um, but they're not really de defining what their outcome is desired uh, what, or what they're trying to achieve. So when you're designing a campaign, so if you're at, if you're at ground zero, you're, you're sitting in front of a whiteboard, <laughs> what I'd suggest uh, just to start things out at a high level is say, what is our desired outcome? And then what do we expect the percentages to be? Just, just work off percentages. Um, because oftentimes it can get really daunting to be like, we need a hundred leads. Okay, let's work backwards off of that. Um, let's say, okay, that means that we need um, a thousand people to our landing page. That means that we need to send a hundred thousand emails if we have a 1% click-through rate, right? Like that's, that's the numbers. Um, so I think working backwards off of that is much, much easier to get a realistic expectation as opposed to setting a number of saying like, hey, we're going to grow 10% month over month. And then when you don't do that, you're like, well, didn't work. And now what? So I'd say that that's probably the, the biggest, the biggest piece is what's the expectation? What are the steps that you're trying to achieve? And how can we nail those down? 
All right, fantastic. I really, really like how you started with this strategy. I think this is very important and this is very key for every single marketer out there to keep in mind. And I just wanted to double click on the expectations part. So you mentioned that, you know, for example, imagine everybody's standing in front of the whiteboard and we're trying to figure out these percentages. What if your leadership team has, you know, like one percentage in mind, say we want to grow our ROI by say 5%. And then the reality is totally different. So you've seen that your campaigns can only bring your, you know, like 2% ROI increase. So how do you manage the expectations of all these different stakeholders to maybe arrive to something that is maybe a bit more ambitious, but still achievable? Yeah, I think the, that, that conflict between ambition and reality is where the uh, measurement and analyst kind of lives. <laughs> that is where we're trying to say, hey, here's what actually happened. Here was the expectation. And like, we're, we're way off from it, or maybe we achieved it. Um, I'd say the goal, and that's, this is one of the relational aspects that no one really speaks about when it comes to measurement, analytics, data, is the conversation. Um, so you didn't have to have a conversation with your leadership team of saying, hey, this if, let's just say, for example, you have a landing page and uh, for your for your uh, enterprise solution, um, this landing page is converting at 0.05%. Like if person hits the page, 0.05% uh, of people are doing are actually completing a form. So you have a couple courses of action. So you as the as a measurement person need to say, hey, leadership team, uh, we either need to spend some time in design and messaging on this page. Or we need to spend a lot more money on advertising or outreach or whatever we're trying to do because this page only converts at 0.05%. But most people don't even know what 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 their enterprise level solution pages convert at. Um, and so that that's kind of what I'd recommend is that conversation is key. And if you can come to the table with saying, here's what it actually is, and maybe here's a few solutions, like maybe we need to increase design, increase traffic levels, increase like the messaging. Um, and by increase, I'm saying like increase as in like improve um, that aspect of your marketing strategy. All right, perfect. This is very interesting. And also, like I said, I really, really love that you mentioned the combination of data analytics and having a sound conversation with the leadership team there. And this is actually a perfect segue into my next question, which is, so imagine you've had a conversation and then you've aligned on the metrics and the increments. So the next step would be to measure them. So what metrics should the team monitor on an ongoing basis when it comes to tracking campaign performance for B2B SaaS campaigns? All right, so I'd love to split this up into kind of three categories. Um, you can use, for the sake of marketing terminology, I'll just use top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel metrics. Um, the top of funnel, I'm going to say, let's look at the actions that your team is doing. This could be uh, emails sent if you're doing cold email outreach. It could be um, ad impressions if you have the actual, if you're running ads on a platform that serves impressions. Um, this could be the number of podcasts you got on if you're trying to do a podcast circuit. Uh, maybe if you wanna try to estimate the number of, of downloads each podcast gets, um, that you can do that. So that's kind of the top level actions that I'd suggest that you start with. So you have some idea of like, Next month, if we stop getting leads, it's because our CEO didn't go on any podcasts. You're like, no kidding. Like, it doesn't really matter um, the rest of the funnel because you're like, we're not filling any 
nobody's entering into our ecosystem. After that, I'd say the middle of the funnel. And this is kind of where I'd introduce your website. Um, I hope you have a website if you're listening to this and you are in the B2B aspect. But what is the in- intended action um, on that website? So if, say, for example, you have a um, more consumer level product and then you have a the B2B um, like maybe core product. Like you have uh, where maybe five more seats or wh- whatever that kind of looks like for your, your system. Well, how many people saw that you even offered this solution, right? That's that's kind of a page view metric that most people will collect by default with a tool like Google Analytics or any of the bajillion others that are out there. But then you want to go to the next level, I'd say on your website is kind of what are people investigating into that? So this could be if you have a pricing page, um, how many people view like, I don't know where it says like more details, right? Every 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 SaaS company has their, it's like, uh, you have your four maybe main um, solutions that you, that each product offers, but then there's a, a more details page, right? Where you can have the ability to see every single thing you offer, like measure that and then measure the like next steps. Maybe it's like the sign up button clicks or people going to your sign up page or whatever that might be. And then ultimately the bottom of funnel is how many leads you generated. And then Beyond that is how many sales those generated from those leads. So you can just kind of see if you're if you're following along with a pen and paper, <laughs> you can see that we're starting with this giant number of how many impressions you served, how many people viewed this page of whatever the solution is that you're offering, how many people investigated, which is not a default metric by any means. Like this, this is not something that just is out of the box normally collected. You might have to do some, um, like we love to use CSS IDs to uh, say, hey, did someone see this block of text for more than five seconds? And that's how you can kind of measure that investigated stage. Um, then you can measure people who clicked to your sign up, or maybe if there's a sign up form in line, uh, you could measure that. And then ultimately leads generated, depending on your type of uh, system. If it's kind of a self-serve, you could just generate leads and then transactions from those leads. Or if it's a, you have to hop on a a phone call type of situation, you could have your sales team kind of say, Hey, how many phone calls are we booking? And then how many, uh, sales are the outcomes of that? That way you have a kind of a fall off percentage at every single step. So if something breaks, (laughs) because at the end of the day, percentages are only percentages, you want to have an action to take. And so if you know, people are viewing our pricing page, but not investigating it, well, you're like, okay, we've got to figure out this, this sales page. Um, whereas if your sales team can't close, you're like, maybe we need to have some sales training. Um, so that that's kind of what um, I'd say as the initial kind of KPIs um, that are beyond the basics of like revenue. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. I really love how you've broken down everything into three major categories. So leading actions, then website based actions, and then lead sales, phone calls, um, bottom of the funnel metrics. So now let's talk about different kinds of metrics more specifically. So you mentioned there are quite many of them belonging to each and every funnel stage, but I would like to ask you about two very specific metrics, many marketers, and frankly, not just marketers, many CEOs and other folks in the data team are interested in, which are CAC and LTV. And I know people get into many, many fights in terms of how they should calculate these metrics. So my question to you is, uh, what's your take on this? So imagine we're running this B2B SaaS product campaign. We, ha- we should calculate CAC and LTV. First of all, when is the best time to start calculating this metric? So what kind of data should you have in order to be 
sure that you are calculating these metrics correctly. And then my second question here would be, how would you calculate these metrics so that they can help you uncover relevant insights? Oh, yes. Let's start some fights. Everyone put your boxing gloves on right now um, because customer acquisition costs, LTV, are some of the most, I guess, <laughs> the most disputed metrics in, in basically in all of business history. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my take. Um, some people in this listening might not like that. Some people, other people, I'm going to hopefully give some uh, insights as to far as how, maybe how to think about it and ultimately how to bridge the conversation because at the end of the day, it's the relationship that matters with whoever the person is asking. And if you're like, if you're going to fight for one spite and someone else is going to fight for another version of it, doesn't really help. So you need to come to an agreement at the end of the day. So that's my preface before getting into this. Customer acquisition costs, uh, CAC for everyone who doesn't CAC. Um, the first thing you have to define is what are we going to determine as cost? <laughs> and that's, that's a hard part in itself um, because cost, like your advertising team, is going to say cost is ad spend. Your finance team is going to say cost is the marketing department. <laughs> and the CEO is going to say cost is the hosting, the um, entire dev team. That's the cost. Right. So at, at the first, I'd say, like, to start off, we need to define what cost is. And it doesn't matter what you define it as, um, honestly. Like, you could just say it is ad spend um, for the advertising team. It, you could say that it is marketing department for the financial team. Um, it doesn't really matter how you define that. It just matters that you stay consistent with defining that. So that's kind of my first caveat that people are already probably getting uh, steam coming out of their air, <laughs> their ears by is that cost level. Because when we're saying customer acquisition cost, um, we need to say like if if we ran these ads, <laughs> we divide customers by ads spend, and now we have a customer acquisition cost. But what about the person who's running the ads? If you're using an agency, a third party agency that's outside of your your company, that's an extra cost. So I would like my my off my off the cuff answer to most people ask me this is I'd say the advertising if you're running ads is that's what your cost is so if you have a third party agency I'd say their retainer their whatever you're paying them in combination with the ad spend is what your cost is just it makes it easy it makes everybody on the same page it's very simple to define then we have the first C which is the the customer <laughs> and how you define a customer is going to also play into this. So some people like to define customers as, let's just say, um, a mid-tier plan. So for example, of like five seats or more, however you want to define it, a qualified, an MQL, um, qualified lead or qualified customer. And so you need to get clear on who a customer is first, because if you're dividing customers by cost and you're not including some customers, well, now we're Again, consistency is going to be better than trying to nail down exactly how everyone views this. So those are my caveats um, that I would really suggest that you dive into with your team before even de deciding about numbers of like, hey, how much do we spend? How much of this? Like, what are we defining these costs and these customers by? Um, how I would say is like just kind of blanket statement is costs is ad spend plus uh, the people running the ads. Um, and like creative, et cetera. Uh, if you have costs like that, um, then it's just kind of an easier, like an easier way to view that. Uh, if you don't run ads, for example, so you do podcasting or say you do uh, YouTube as your strategy, just kind of like try to group all that together as far as you have a number that everyone can agree upon. 
And then customers, I would just say all customers <laughs> because if someone gives you their money, that's where you're going to find customer. Um, even if it's a dollar a month or whatever, $12 a year, that's a customer. Um, I'll fight any CFO or CEO if they want to, <laughs> if they want to talk about that's not a customer to them because eventually they'll grow. So that's kind of my customer acquisition cost. Yeah, it sounds sounds very reasonable. I really like how you've broken it down by, you know, who is doing the advertisement versus like how much we actually spend. And then I definitely do agree on all the customers. I know we also might get some punches from the audience there. But yeah, definitely. There are users, there are paying users, but it's definitely worth taking the whole audience into consideration. So how would you then add these findings and you know like use them when you are calculating the LTV. Yeah, so with LTV, um I I really would like to play into the fact of saying it's a it's a it's a hard metric to calculate. Um and I'll give you one of the most difficult examples just 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 to like let people let people's minds kind of melt. <laughs> so, we've got a client who is in education. Um they basically offer anyone with a .edu uh, email address, a free account, right? Free account, getting bonkers of customers, right? But when they graduate from uh, university, right, because they no longer have a .edu at like their university uh, email address, they sign up with a new email address, <laughs> right? So if you go to like, say, for example, someone went to, a, I don't know, a, a big university, and then they got hired at Supermetrics, and then it, like we were going to try and... Um, sell them something well now they're going to sign up with their supermetrics email address and you're going to lose that ltv like your your whole your whole lead your whole lead generation campaign of getting students into your funnels um so that they get used to your product which is you're not going to be able to have ltv because they're now going to sign up with a new email address so that is one of the most <laughs> complicated situations but with what i would say is for ltv Pick a pick a date range, a time range that is reasonable for your like the length of your company. If you're just starting out and you're trying to pre predict LTV into the future, it's a great metric to have of saying, "Hey, our product costs fifty bucks a month, and we estimate that our average customer is going to stick for eighteen months." Right? It's a great metric to start with, but then measure that against what actually happens because uh, sometimes you have. Uh, you have products that are super super sticky, right? You're like, we're never gonna unsubscribe from this product because it's the best. <laughs> um, whereas you might end up on the other side of that where people don't really know what your product is because you're a startup and they start an account, they pay you for six months and they're like, ah, eh, it's not fully baked. I might come back in the future. So I'd just say again, expectation, how much do we think we're going to like, we expect it to be 18 months, but we don't have data on that versus what the actual outcome is. Super, super helpful in adjusting your marketing, uh, at least projections overall. All right, fantastic. I really love how you've taken a really complicated scenario into consideration and helped us outline which components we should pay attention to while calculating the LTV. And now my next question would be, so we've discussed many, many, many metrics, uh, the website metrics, uh, down the funnel metrics, CAC, LTV, and many others. So now it's time to combine all of these metrics from different channels and hopefully marketers are not using only one channel. There is a variety of channels into one single report. So my question here is how can a performance marketing team structure a report which is clear to read and maybe you can elaborate a bit on the report structure and how to create this report 
in a way that it could serve different audiences? I am a huge design data uh, dashboard person. I love it so much. <laughs> so my my strategy is this, is your report should have one, one answer, the primary answer. And you should load this report and it should be, it should scream out to you what the answer to that question is. And it should basically tell you what to do, right? So <laughs> whatever that question is, um, it should jump off the page. Then, you should have something that's like a secondary question. So for example, uh, let's just say that, let's just use Supermetrics as an example. Um, you guys uh, will have different types of blog content. Let's just talk about, there might be some blog content on data visualization. You might have some content on uh, database management, and you might have some content on uh, team management, more CRM, more uh, big, bigger strategy questions. As a content marketer, you'll come to that those breakdowns and say, which type of content is the best for lead generation? Well, I use the word best there, and I already hesitated in it because what's the definition of best? <laughs> but in doing that, you're, what you're going to need to do is you'll have to say, this category of data pipelines or uh, database management is the best at generating leads. The next question I'm going to ask you is which blog post is going to be the best of those? <laughs> so if those are your questions, if you're, if you're talking to the content team and they're asking like, we don't have no concept of what our quote unquote best lead generation content is um, by category. Well, that's your report. Maybe you have a, a, nice, uh, a nice table with some bar charts of talking about how the, each, each individual category per performs. And then... Your next question is how each individual page performs so you can drill down into that. And then you might want to say, like, what's the next question is that you have the URL of, let's just say, 10 ways to manage your uh, BigQuery database uh, more efficiently. That's the blog post. Um, give them a hyperlink so that you can click on the, the little button next to that link and so that, that, that your content team can then view the page <laughs> that, that, that URL is referencing because not everyone remembers who wrote that article, what it was. So... Just to recap, primary question. That's what you need to answer first. It should scream out. I'm talking color-coded. Red is bad. Green is good. However you want to define it. Um, maybe a trend line with that metric over time. Secondary question, then broken down into what's the next question someone's going to ask once they view that first pr primary question. And then what action are they going to take and make it super, super easy for them to go take that action. So for in the example I just gave, give them a hyperlink to go view that piece of content on the website so that everybody on the whole team knows our top performing blog post is 10 ways to manage a big query pipeline. And then you can view that and see, and they can go read it instantly and say, oh, wow, this is actually bombdiggity.com because it's really great. And it was written by our uh, head of database engineering and they really know what they're talking about. So as far as structuring that, that's kind of what I recommend. Primary answer, jump off the page. Secondary question for people who want to dig in. And then a third, an action uh, that they can take. So viewing a page, going into an ad account, whatever that might be. Um, it's just super helpful for, especially when you're working with larger teams to have everybody on the same page. Fantastic. I really, really love this framework. And I especially love how you finished by saying uh, that you should add something that encourages somebody to take an action. I think this is super important because normally the reports just end at, here's the data, here are our conclusions, that's it. You should go and figure what you should do next. So it's perfect. 
And now let's talk about the mistakes part, which is one of my favorite questions. So we've talked about the metrics calculation, how to design a report, and what marketers should pay attention to when they are structuring their funnel and adding campaigns there. So there are many actions involved into each and every one of these points. So what are the typical mistakes marketers make when they're measuring the results of a B2B SaaS product campaign? Oh boy, um, mistakes. So the biggest, biggest mistake is tracking a metric without an action. Hands down, like period, that is it. If you're tracking something, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. Like if it's bad and like what is bad, what is good, right? Like defining that beforehand. Probably like probably that that's the biggest mistake I see. For example, measuring hovers, right? So for example, you could say, I want to know people hover on our primary call to action button on the Supermetrics website. What are you going to do if there's no if there's 0.05% hovers, right? Like make the button bigger? What are you going to do with that information? Nothing, there's no usefulness <laughs> that you can do with hovers of a button. Um, if someone knows that, email me, uh, shoot me an email, let me know because I would happy to resend that statement, but I've never found a useful action from a hover. <laughs> um, and so that, that's, that's like a very simple, stupid like example, but whatever you're doing, whether it's email marketing, whether it's like uh, CRM analysis, whether it's uh, ad analysis, if there's no useful action from that metric, uh, starting out with, like, I'd say that's probably the biggest mistake I see. All right. Fantastic. And uh, now we would love to learn more about you. So if the audience would love to reach out to you, and I'm pretty sure they will, maybe some people will fight you. Maybe some people will ask you for more useful advice on measurement. Where can they find you? Yeah. So uh, you can find uh, our agency is Media Authentic. So M-E-D-I-A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C. So the word media and the word authentic just smash together. Um, and you can find all about what we do there. You'll find my face and talking head videos all over the site. If you're interested in learning about some data visualization, uh, we're starting up a new um, like kind of education blog type of thing on datastudio.vip. So that's datastudio.vip. Um, and you can find lots of, uh, that's coming soon. So if you go there right now, probably we'll see something that is uh, just uh, tongue in cheek. But yeah, any of those two platforms, is, like feel free. You can fill out a form and say, hey, I want to talk with you. Um, you can shoot me an email, uh, LinkedIn as well, all over JJ Reynolds. That's who I am and happy to have a conversation and put on the boxing gloves about uh, LTV and CAC. <laughs> Fantastic. JJ, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. If you'd like to kickstart your marketing analytics, check out the 14-day free trial at supermetrics.com. See you on the next episode of the Marketing Analytics Show.